What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Jake, aka Jake Friend, the developer behind the upcoming title known as Scrabdackle. Thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I am so glad you were here. I mentioned it when you uh, first came into the the call, but I'm very glad you're here because I just recently played that demo. You watched me uh, play that demo and uh, use some profanity uh, a little bit, maybe too much, but I loved it. And you know what? I'm really excited. I think other people are going to be excited. But before we talk about the game, what I always like to do to kick things off is really just get to know the people behind the games. So Jake, tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into game creation in the first place. Yeah, absolutely can do. Um, So I've been a hobby game developer for a a good long while. I tried to figure out how long recently. I have, I have no idea truly. Um, <laughs> in the 10 to maybe 15 year range, depending on how you measure it, not very active, just always kind of a side thing. Right. Um, uh, recently, I well, I say recently, a year ago, I left my job um, where I was doing like business consulting, stuff like that. A lot of, you know, workflows and um, action plans and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought it would just take me a while to get something else, uh, given the day and age that it was. And uh, I I just got back into a a very old hobby project that wasn't really uh, too much. Um, Decided to learn a new engine, thought I would kind of rehabilitate this old thing just to learn it, just because I already knew what what I was working on, and uh, kind of ran with it. I put out a public demo in September of last year, uh, 2020. and it's actually the first public release of anything I've ever done. Wow. All of my other hobby stuff is like, I had one friend play it. And occasionally if we had people over, um, you know, I would have them sit at my keyboard for about a minute, but that was wow. pretty much it. It was just, you know, I didn't really think it was that special. I would do stuff like participate in a, a game jam and never submit it. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool social activities like that. That's awesome. So I, just to cut you off real quick, what, uh, what was it about this one that made you jump into like finally saying, Oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to actually post this publicly, right? You've got, uh, you might be sitting on a gold mine, right? You might have all these, these bangers of games, but this is the one that you chose. Why this? <laughs> Um, I think I was repeatedly persuaded. Um, Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I I guess everyone struggles with that kind of like imposter syndrome. Like I don't necessarily think other people uh, can or do or should like the work that I do. Um, yeah. You know, you're the creator. You see uh, mostly only the flaws, uh, potential, but also flaws. Um, I joined the Godot Engine Discord just to kind of like ask some questions, occasionally say like, you know, here's a GIF, um, what I'm describing, and I'm trying to figure out this. Can someone point me to the right thing for that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I had some people, like one of whom is now a close friend, uh, basically say like, do you have a Twitter or anything? Like, I would love to follow it. Send me a message if you do. Um, I thought, you know, it was taking a while to to job hunt, which was still my my living priority at the time. Right. So, you know, why not? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Threw together a a Twitter, first time I've really ever used it. (laughs) Wow. Um, 
Yeah, I, I keep myself cut off from as much like doom scrolling as I can. Oh my <laughs> goodness, know, you gotta. it is so tough for me. I think that is one of the biggest things. Like I always struggle because I want to try to build up like our popularity as far as indie pod goes and try to be like, you know, the, someone who's constantly active. But I get on Twitter and I immediately look to the right hand side of my computer screen that shows me all of the things that are just terrible in the world. And then I go into this just this this you know giant spiral of being like oh my god what is going on in the world and then and then it's like two hours later and i'm like oh i've done nothing <laughs> yeah but you've got that that concerned concerned look on your face and now your eyebrows and like your brow kind of hurts from just being so concerned yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so i totally get it <laughs> yeah I, I threw together a twitter that seemed to be where like indie dev was happening almost um, yeah yeah and didn't know at all what I was doing, but you look to other people who are out there and what they're doing and try and like roughly emulate like, okay, well, they're using these hashtags. I'll, I'll go with that. Sure. See what happens. <laughs> um, I threw out a demo uh, September 1st, and I genuinely didn't really think it would get more than you know six, seven, eight downloads because mm -hmm. there's, there's such a flood of incredible, like genuinely incredible content out there. And it is impossible for people to play it all or see it all or be aware of it all and for sure i personally have a lot of developer friends who uh, i've promised to play their demos and it is still on my to-do list it's just hard to find the time <laughs> so i went out of town and um uh just you know uh totally unrelated stuff and um i was driving with my partner and was like oh that's weird i've got like 100 notifications um, and I looked and we were, um, I, I say we, the, the royal we of myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. My game was on the front page of Itch and it was mind-blowing. And it stayed there for a month. It got the like the special top feature spot and things like that. Um, I had people reach out to ask me if there was a Discord and I was very resistant. Um, <laughs> uh, but now there's a Discord. Now we've got, you know, 550-ish uh, people. That's a good that's a good following for a game that's not out. Yeah, really. Um and uh I had someone reach out. I had a lot of people ask about a Kickstarter to which I basically said like no, that's ridiculous. I would get my hopes up. It would be publicly embarrassing. Um like it's just I'm having fun with it, but it's just a hobby project. Right, right. Um and I was I was persuaded uh basically to you know, think about it more or less. Work towards it for several months. Um, pick a loose target, and if things still seem lined up uh, about a month out, then lock it in. Say, "Hey, we're doing it for sure." Um, so I did that, and just it just kept basically growing in popularity. People seemed to stick around, and that was the biggest thing for me. Like, anyone can like something, but will they want to keep riding that train for a while, even when potentially nothing is happening? That's right. There was a lot of that. There's a lot of genuine, like, steady engagement. Um, so put together a plan, went through <laughs> three months of hell. Like, Kickstarters aren't fun. I'm not going to sugarcoat oh, it. <laughs> I'm so glad you just started going into this because I love asking this question about people, <laughs> just how the process is because you, a lot of people just look at it from the outside and they're like, oh, you just set up a page and people give you a ton of money. And I'm like... It's not like that at all. Everyone always talks about these horror stories and how just terrible it can be. So tell me a little bit about like, what was it like for you creating this Kickstarter page? Um, pretty all consuming. 
like in the in the way where you need to like recover a- afterwards and you don't feel like it's it's left you for a while. Hmm. Um, okay. Up until right before the Kickstarter, uh, job hunting was basically still my priority as like, um, you know, I've locked in this thing, but if someone makes me a really good offer, you know, I'm not going to turn down the Kickstarter once I have locked a date, but right. maybe I can see all of my interview processes had been really slow. So I was like, oh, maybe I can see if uh, it wraps up around the same time. And if things are going really badly with the Kickstarter, <laughs> I've got a backup strategy. Right, of course, it's, always good. Y- you don't talk about this kind of thing, but you have to be as realistic as you can. Like, um, Yeah, for sure. You yeah. need to put food on the table, right? I I do, and I, I hoped badly um, that this would, and I knew that it could, um, but I'm very risk averse personally. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. So I had I had a path where I could say even with like really conservative numbers, um, where does that take me? I think it can take us to barely making it. So if that's what conservative looks like, I think we can do this. Right. Um, yeah, I would say the prep was about six weeks leading up to it. <laughs> um, it yeah, it's, it just slowly starts to consume you. Uh, I already worked a lot on the game. I put out updates, things like that. Tried to make them like fairly big and meaningful. New region, um, new content, new mini games. Sometimes, <laughs> um, I'm sorry about the golf. I'll fix it. It'll get better. It's <laughs> 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 in a bit of a rush. I just haven't gone back to. Um, you know, un- unscrew it up. I don't know. I don't know how English I can get here. Unfuck right. it up. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. There's no. There's no censors here. <laughs> That's interesting. So, I, I want to jump back a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that a lot of this you are very in that mindset of like, ah, oh, this probably isn't going to work. This probably isn't going to work. You know, we're we're doing it with the hope that it does, but you know maybe it doesn't like what was that part that that you know for you really pushed you over the edge to be like all right let me you know put in six weeks of work for something that might not even get me anything right like what about this really convinced you that like okay even though this is risky this is probably the right move um oh that's a good question um i had my plan pretty set up before I actually went in. Um, I guess it seemed like um, I was waiting for an orange flag uh, or a a red flag. I would have just stopped an orange flag. I would have heavily reconsidered, adjusted something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Pretty much I was ready for any meaningful sign that I shouldn't do it or that I couldn't make it um, to set me back. Um, and around at the same time as well, like, uh, the job offers or sorry, the, like the interview opportunities, um, for jobs were really, really rough in January personally. Um, right. and I, I say that as like, I have a very skilled technical background. Um, I knew it would be hard. I did not think it would be that hard despite the pandemic and everything like that. There's just, you know, directors applying for supervisor roles and stuff like that. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, my partner thought that, um, you know, if I believed that we could do it, basically that we should do it. Um, mm, there it got, is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I strongly believed that we could, um, and you know, there's a strong boundary between could and, and will. 
Yeah. Um, but I think it crystallized basically um, closer to when it actually launched because I was doing all this work. I had a date. Um, I was being public about the date, which I had carefully avoided up until then. Um, the Kickstarter page was written. The video was drafted. I was polishing the demo for you know thousands of people to play it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I actually got a um, basically a pseudo job offer um, just oh. before, like days before. Oof. Um, and it was a good one. It was like one of Toronto's best tech companies. It was really interesting work with AI. Um, I got to try their application um, and I really enjoyed it. I could tell it would be like interesting, good vibes. They seemed to really want me. They were talking about like basically promoting the role that they were hiring me for. It was like, you know, you're going to come in as a, a consultant for this, but maybe a management opportunity is open. It was <laughs> like, I didn't think I would have to say no to something really. I thought it was just going to be in the absence of nothing else. This is a good path. Wow. Um, That's a tough choice to make then. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought I had a really long time, but they, they moved quickly and, um, had told me, you know, they're flexible about start. And I was saying late April, you know, I've just, I've got other commitments so don't ask me about my hobbies. Yeah. Um, and they just came back and basically cold called and were like, um, we can move you forward to the final, like check-in with the founder, which those are always basically just formality. Um, yeah. But we, we want you. And do you think you can actually start sooner because the flexible date isn't really flexible anymore? Um, <laughs> it was just like, I, I just had to make a call right there and, at the end of the day, like what my partner and I had talked about is um, there will always be more corporate work. And this is probably yeah. the only chance to ever do something like this. Yeah. I I think that your partner is uh, very, very smart with that assessment. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you take the leap of faith. I, I hope you are too, because, you know, as, at least from the Kickstarter campaign so far, it looks like things are going very well because you got, what was it? 185% of your goal. I think it was 185%. We, we, we blew past every stretch goal that I had planned. I had to make two up in the final 24 hours. It was a bit <laughs> wild, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, but that's awesome because that means, you know, right, right there, you already have a good investment from people. You already have that chunk of money to help you get there and then make that game uh, more polished than it ever could have been, right? And hmm. what what I think is so interesting about that is, you know, s- spending all this time with that game, um, what makes me a little bit, I guess not to say nervous, but it's just interesting. Is that especially because you, you know you're you're making those those up? Like, where are you in the development process as far as um, working on this game versus what is now being added to it versus where you're you're planning to go? I guess. Um, I mean, I'm quite early. Um, like, the the demo is uh, following the vertical slice model, which um, I guess for any listeners who aren't familiar. Uh, this can be with really any type of uh, product, but for this as a game, it's like you want to demonstrate pretty much all of the systems, a little bit of the gameplay, what the whole thing is going to feel like. Mm-hmm. And that mostly means your systems have to be in place top to bottom, even if there's very, very narrow content. Yep. Um, by the end of the demo, by the time I was totally finished, done with it, like there's a decent amount to do. Um, there's like a mini boss, a boss, some conversations, um, you know, a lot of little secrets to find. 
And for me, that's like almost no content. I have done almost no content work. There's three abilities implemented in the demo and I would like there to be, you know, 12 to 15. I would like there to be um, around 25 regions in the game of which you pretty much only really see two, maybe yep. two and a half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's a that's a good amount left then, mm-hmm. um, which is which is interesting because and I'm I'm gonna skip a, a little bit ahead just because of uh, the way the conversation is moving. But you have listed, uh, I think earlier that it would be like mid 2022, based on kind of all of these different pieces that have been added. And um, one, I think you're doing it development in a smart way, and I think it's more manageable that way. But do you still feel comfortable with that date? Um. I mean, I hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't want to say uh, that I'm. I'm for sure summer 2022. Scrabdackle, be there. Like your local cinema. Um, it's you sure. I, it's confirmed now. <laughs> um, I have a date, and I don't have a release date. I just have a release window. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna do everything I can to stick to that window. I. N- you know, my, my professional career is in like preventing scope creep and mm-hmm. finding minimum viable path and then flesh it out if and when you have time. Yep. So there's a lot that I've, you know, withheld in the Kickstarter, um, not in terms of what it's going to take or anything like that, but in terms of content. Um, yeah. I list a number of abilities that I'm certain about and not others that are a maybe. Um, I kind of loosely mentioned one or two regions, but you don't really know much about like where you're going to go in the game right? Or, or honestly very much about the story other than the setup, which is very much bare bones, simple um, by design. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I say I've got like, you know, 25 to 30 regions planned, if need be, I have never referenced like 10 to 12 of those and they could all go. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I wouldn't call it the like, um, what is it like the don't kill your ducklings kind of philosophy? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that a phrase? Or... Uh, it's. Um, I would say it's more like don't count your chickens before they hatch, maybe. Okay. But don't... I mean, or counting all your ducks in a row. I don't know about don't... the don't kill Those... your ducklings. <laughs> That's a more morbid way to put it. But maybe it is a thing. I just I haven't heard it before. Yeah. So there's a thing that I see in a lot of. Um, Developer interviews, I guess, um, it can come from the interviewer, it can come from the developer, it can come from fans where they talk about, like, you know, if you're going to make this dream game, don't sell yourself short. Um, you know, you can make the next Hollow Knight. Like, believe in yourself, like, do all the things you aspire to do, you'll land among the stars, that kind of thing. Yep. And I, I respect people who feel that way, and I don't think it's the only path. Um, I don't know. For me, it's like, I would love to get all, you know, 30 regions and 40 bosses and whatever in the game. Um, and realistically, I'm going to have to make cuts. I'm going to come into, yep. you know, scenarios where it's like, mm, you know, the rate we're at, if I want to save the last two months for just total polish um, and like troubleshooting and stuff like that, then I need to be working faster. So I need to cut something out. What can I cut out? What's, um, you know, non-critical? And if I'm down to only what's critical, which I hope I'm not, how do I rearrange it to fit it all in in a smaller way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, a lot of times you see this in like project management, but there's like the triangle of scope, cost, and time, and it it refers to basically the product 
and and you know your completion of it and it's it's one of those things where you have to have all three but if something's gonna give you have to either you know take away scope or you have to add more time or you have to add more cost you know like you can't get away with just oh it's that 30 region thing and i'm just gonna shove it in as quick as i can like sometimes there's just there's you know restrictions and whatnot so i think it does make sense and i think uh if anyone's working on this it makes sense that someone with your background would probably be more inclined to know how to handle you know meeting that deadline or or understanding if that deadline needs to be pushed um, i hope so which is why I, I pushed for the question anyway. Um, but one of the things that I did want to ask is because this is, you know, fairly successful in its its Kickstarter campaign and whatnot, um, are you going to stick to, to that solo dev uh, side of things or are you going to possibly be bringing another person on? Um, it's still basically going to be solo. Actually, about a week, oh, two weeks ago, time's a little blurry. Um, two weeks ago, I brought in one of my longtime friends um, who was like the only person I've ever co-developed with. Um, I used to basically handle uh, art and music and about 50% of the design or so, and mm -hmm. he would do the coding and the other half of the design. We would just sit around and, you know, this is like my old roommate who we've been friends for 10, 11 years, something yeah. like that. Right. So he's like a, a big time programmer. Um I think I don't think he'll understand me describing him like that, but he's like big tech in like Waterloo, Ontario. Um, okay, yeah, very expert, technical, like senior background, whatever. I, I couldn't even properly ex explain like how good he is at what he does. Um, <laughs> but he helps. And, yeah, he helps. So my weak point uh, as a developer um, is basically like I can design a game, I can put all the game related code in there mm -hmm. and when it comes to like memory management resolution support that's like that's just software right. i don't i've never made software i've i've made games before but that proper packaging them up um you know not not just like settings menu stuff but um when it comes into like really intense like when you load and deload things behind the scenes i've, I've got a system that works you know Will it work if the game gets really big? No, no, right. not at all. Yeah, so optimization, the, the nuts and bolts, you know, the back end of the system. Yeah, um, so he's basically offered to come on as, uh, in his words, a bad employee. Um, <laughs> okay. He loves taking on, like, a, a challenge in his hobby time that's game-related, um, and he would. he's basically got a setup where, like, a given evening, if he's in the mood, if he has time, he's going to sit down and knock something out. Nice. Um, it's obviously like a very small percentage of the overall time, but for me, it's massive value. Um, he put together a shader that uh, I don't even really understand how to describe what shaders even are. That's that's where I am with shaders <laughs> and games. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because he's got you. Yeah, I was like, here's one of the big things I need help with. When you walk behind a building... Um, how do you make sure that only those buildings kind of show you that occlusion silhouette so you can still see your position when you're behind it? Mm -hmm. Not for everything, not for other creatures, but just you and certain buildings with yeah. the strange nature that is a top-down 2.5D game where you have to fake three, uh, three dimensions at all times. Right, right. Um, I thought it would take me between one and 
two or three weeks, like in terms of learning, figuring out what to do, asking message boards, getting bad information, going back and trying to figure it out myself. And he was like, that's a cool problem. Never thought about it. Um, you know, and then the next weekend he was like, hey, last night I sat down and uh, I think I got a prototype. Do you want to take a look? Oh, and it works. Yeah. So that, that saves me so much time just to have him put that little bit of his professional expertise in. And I'm going to say, you know, doing all the game stuff, still the music, still the art, still the direction, everything like that. Um, but for those tricky technical problems, um, I've got some backup there. That's awesome. All right. Well, that I mean, that answered my question. Um, let's dive into the actual game itself, because we spent a lot of time talking about you, uh, the, you know, the, the come up of this story but i want to leave some time to actually talk about the game right we gotta we gotta showcase this awesome project so for those who don't know anything about the game how would you describe scrabdackle and what makes it special um that's a question i found hard to answer for a long time even through the kickstarter process <laughs> um i would say ultimately uh scrabdackle is a game about going exploring um you are a wizard who has found themselves uh, unceremoniously knocked out of their academy home. Um, and it's pretty rude. It's pretty rude. Um, very sudden. And you're in uh, just some kind of like dead end bog um, with a very, very loose goal of, you know, maybe you should get home, question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, story is meant to open up to you as you go. Um, but the general idea is... Um, I would say harking back to the really old Zeldas, like even Zelda 1, where you kind of find goals as you go along. You come to realize exploring and like finding secrets, uh, creating connections between places, meeting people in the world in a, a very hands-off way. You don't want to talk to someone, just don't, just go. Right. Um, but it's set up to kind of be there for you to find yourself getting drawn in and wondering what else is out there. Um, there is a bunch of combat. Um, at times, it can get tricky, um, and the game is non-linear uh, in its design. So you're going to be able to go to a huge variety of different areas, get different power-ups in different orders, um, and I hope it lends a lot of life and replayability to the experience. Very good, very good. Let's start with one that um, interests me a lot, which is really something that isn't kind of related <laughs> to the game, but is. Um, what is a scrabdackle? <laughs> um, I mean, it's a word that makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I had like all these terrible name ideas. Like you, you know, they're terrible. Like Dream Wizards, Wizard Adventure, Wizard Retro Super World. Um, <laughs> I don't want to call a game that. I don't want to. I'm not going to enjoy working on that. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought, like, well, I can't, I can't figure out the name of this thing by just writing down things that are in it, um, or like what you do or anything. So, what's the feel of the game? Feel of the game is like kind of laughing unexpectedly and mm-hmm. enjoying that you did. Um, and I just basically wrote down a nonsense word, and I was like, "Well, this is pretty silly. Let's see if it sticks." And it stuck. And um, I did a, a Google search and it had zero existing history and i was like cool well i guess seo wise i've got it yeah no that's one else true. Wants it. can't blame them but here it is all right wow uh not the answer i was expecting but i do enjoy it <laughs> um names aside i think that 
the world and the characters look amazing. Like I love the the environment that you've built. Everything's so vibrant. It's it's quirky at the same time. And, and then there's also the I love the the term that you used the extremely scribbly. Um, <laughs> but it, okay, so this is going to be a, a really weird reference, and I don't know that a lot of people will get it. But honestly, the animation initially reminds me of like the early seasons of Ed and Nettie. If you are a '90s cartoon lover. Um, Oh, I haven't. I'm, I wish I could be like, yeah, but I can't because I haven't seen it. Oh my goodness! It, it, I mean, it, it doesn't matter, but it, it has that same kind of you know the the scribbly like the animation is fluid, but it just always has the same kind of like wavy movement to it at the same time. Mm. Um, but I, I think it adds a lot of charm to the game. But I'm curious then, especially if if that's not the reason, which I didn't expect it to be. But you know why why did you choose kind of that that style of animation yeah um there's uh there's a lot to this um so i've been doing pixel art since 2000 um that's a long I don't time wanna, i don't want to date myself but like a while like back to like when the early days of the bob and george mega man based webcomic when doing recolors of mega man was a big thing okay <laughs> um, uh you know not not cool but um, just practice with random stuff over time. Um, and what I'm doing with Scrapdackle is not traditional pixel art. Um, and that's partly because uh, it's basically so slow. Mm. Um, it's You can work really hard on the art and have amazing art. And like I'll love to, your art. Other people will love your art. Power to you. I will never, ever you know, ship that game. If it's just me, hmm. I've had other projects die because like I made a puzzle platformer about, you know, manipulating animals and their behaviors. And it had all these great kind of organic systems with how the animals treated each other in different situations. And here comes the next, you know, series of puzzles teaching you how to use a draft. Drafts are tall. They can walk across things. You can use fruit to lead them. And the biggest problem is like, I don't know how, how to draw a draft. <laughs> <laughs> how do you draw a draft? Like I could, basically do the outline that's about it yeah um so for this it was like well uh the the art is based on this old mock-up that i did with my friend who's now um helping me with the game where we just wanted to focus on design and implementation and not really worry too much about the art so we like i i, I did this old stuff it was just hacked together um less polished than the stuff in the demo but you know the same general idea mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just find, like, you know, I can't paint, but I can do line art. Okay. And yep. the stuff had charm, and it was engaging. So, you know, I ran with it. It's it's a fast art pipeline um, for, like, asset production. Right, right. There's, there's still a lot of work that goes into it. Um, you know, and you occasionally get people who say, like, oh, this is, you know, really kitty art. Not for me. Looks like a children's game. And, and that's fine if that's your first impression. Yeah. Um, I don't need you to give it a chance. Um, <laughs> I like that um, that opinion because most people wouldn't wouldn't have that same. But you know what? It, it's really interesting that you mention that kitty part because I said it in my my stream where I played the demo that this is not the game I expected to play after I was done with the demo. Specifically referencing the boss portion that that main boss was 
you know, I, I had to try it a couple of times. It was challenging. It was fun. It was something where when you look at this game and you look at the quirkiness and the cute silliness to it, you're like, this will probably be like a good experience, but not something that I'm going to be like, oh, I really need to try hard at, right? Which it was not mm -hmm. the case at all. I was like, oh, wow, this actually has some some good like challenge to it that I need to really focus on, which I... I I get that, you know, it's it's obviously that kitty animation style that that kind of lulls you into that sense of security. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think that adds to it because it it adds to that that just it's such a jarring different world than you would expect. Yeah. There's um I mean to go to the opposite end of the scale to get into something that's, you know, very gory and and dark and dark souls. Um <laughs> uh that's I think there's very much something to that aesthetic, but how often is it going to surprise you, I suppose? Right. Um, and I can't take really credit for that. This is just the direction that ended up going in, um, not so much consciously, but I know that you know there are going to be bad things in the game, bad things that happen, and I think mm -hmm. it will impact more um, for... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly where I'm going to land that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's almost it's almost like a shock value but not at the same like level it's more mm. of just a, a a disparity between the theme and the visual representation of the game i guess you could say yeah um and ultimately i would like to get into some serious themes it, it's going to be very plot light uh, i would like the narrative to mostly come from kind of very small mini vignettes that just tell you a bit about the world not necessarily its history as much as what the people are like and how they treat each other and how they think of each other mm -hmm. um and i don't know there's something that you can get away with when your community of peanuts are basically an enclosed line with two stick legs and two dots for eyes and that's the entire look of the character and right. all you can do is project onto it yeah <laughs> that is an interesting way to look at it um let me ask you this about inspiration uh, now that we're on kind of the topic of how that that came up um you mentioned pulling inspiration from games like and you already mentioned it in this uh podcast but Link's awakening um you had untitled story you had hollow knight kind of how do these games shape the design of scrab dackle so far and um, are there any other forms of inspiration that might not be, you know, something from like a game specific, but maybe something mm -hmm. from like another form of media, perhaps? Yeah, I think I think I've really got four with being those three games um, and then uh, a webcomic, actually. Hmm. Um, so Link's Awakening in terms of uh, forget the dungeons, but in terms of exploring the world, um, you're largely left without a goal. Um, mm -hmm. For better and for worse. I mean, there there are some things that don't hold up with the game in today, right. but uh, this kind of incredible experience of getting to explore an island, getting to go places that are just short of where you can, where you want to get to, and figuring out how to get there. Um, I I I personally can't think of a, an earlier game I played that gave, gave me that kind of feeling, um, right. and discovering and like. I'm just a visitor here as the player, but these people all know each other and they know how they relate to each other. Hmm. Um, you know, that sense of place in kind of a somewhat labyrinthian world, but still being this, I don't know, I was reflecting today on the fact that so much of the world is outdoor and that's not what I would have 
thought that I would do if I made a game. Right. Okay. Interesting. Why? Why do you think that is? I don't, I don't know. I mean, partly you can't really do roofs with the art style that I'm doing. <laughs> like the game style, you jump too high, your character goes like through the roof. Unless yeah, I'm yeah. actually working three, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like an unsolvable challenge. Um, but I don't know. I guess it's just interesting to kind of like walk around and discover stuff. And the more space you're given, the more there is to discover. Um, and to feel natural coming across that isn't like um you know a lot of games have discovery and sometimes they go really out of their way to create this esoteric lore justification for why there are all of these things that you're finding um and that can be really interesting and i also think it's very overdone Mm -hmm. um I don't know it's just it's a big world and it's magical and it's not totally discovered and you will just come across stuff that other people may or may not know about yeah i like it uh tell me a little bit about the the webcomic i'm, I'm interested to hear kind of what what inspiration you pulled from it um this is funny because i didn't realize it until shortly before the kickstarter launched um but the really early um ms paint adventure stuff um oh. Like specifically kind of like the problem sleuth days uh i read that stuff when it was coming out um in the first part of homestuck before it kind of spiraled into various directions that uh i kind of <laughs> just took a step back from it kind of just got too big for me i think okay yeah, yeah, yeah um but there was this really unpolished look to the early stuff that was it was line work it was uh basically sprite based despite being a comic and um like just had this goofy sense of humor where a lot of things barely had faces, but it was enough to give a lot of characterization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I, I browsed back through the other day, it was like, oh, whoa, this this affected me and like stayed with me way more than I thought it did. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you never yeah. know how someone's going to affect you. And who knows, maybe down the road, uh, someone will say the same thing about your game. I hope so. It's been really interesting. Um, I love working with other game devs and talking with them about their stuff. And I've always, you know, through my professional career and whatever, like enjoyed mentorship. So I, I like to answer questions. I like to have, you know, devs that are fairly new in terms of um, how many projects they've worked on, how comfortable they are, how much they can answer their own questions, kind of right. pop into my community discord or other places and have some questions and kind of just like you know sit down metaphorically and uh talk it out with them um i i hope they do make amazing stuff um and if i'm an influence to that someday that's very cool and very uh, very touching to me <laughs> i'm sure it will um let's talk a little bit about dialogue in this game i think it's such an interesting approach that you can literally at any point at any time just walk away while people are talking to you. It's super rude, but I love it. Um, Why did you want to do this? And my main reason is because obviously I think it's great because there's some times where you're playing a game and you're like, come on, man, just like let me do the game kind of a feeling. Mm -hmm. But are you also at the same time, especially with a game that's so open, so linear, so built on the premise of you trying to explore it, do you worry a little bit that, you know, some of it might be missed for people? Um, I think a lot of it will probably be missed. And in a funny way, I think that's kind of important. Um, Interesting. Okay. I think you've got to, 
if you want people to feel like they came across stuff, you have to let some people miss it. Hmm. There's Interesting. A, a degree to it. You know, if you're testing, it's like, oh, geez, no one's seen. Um, uh, I, I'm Team Cherry. I'm watching people play Hollow Knight. No one's noticed the giant beehive. Um, that is an entire area that we hardly telegraph at all. Um, right. That's, uh, I think the fact that you can find it, even if it's kind of set up so that most people do, the fact that not everyone does, um, or that you, when you find it, you feel like you might not have, um, has become very central to the design philosophy overall. Hmm. I, yeah, that, that does make sense. I also like it because it, it definitely plays into that replayability aspect that you, you're kind of looking for because, you know, I might be at one point overwhelmed or, or tired to a point where I'm like, I don't want to talk to you right now and I leave, right? And I might never come back, but maybe I play the game another day and I go in that same area, but it's a different experience because I got, you know, XYZ information and then knew to go somewhere else or whatever it might be, right? Yeah. And you know, you know, if I want to go back and talk to that person, I know where to find them. They don't travel. <laughs> right, right. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. I don't think it's my job to stop people and be like, before you proceed, here's the lore. Here's the background. Um, <laughs> here is how to press uh, R to dash. Uh, hey, Link, run up this wall to prove that you can do the wall running. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I mean, modern, because this game is so influenced by old Zelda games, I, I have a largely strong repulsion to modern Zelda just in terms of like, their handholding can be a handcuff, um, yeah. and I just don't want them to, you know, slap me and say like, "But did you notice the button combination that you need to press to access the menu?" Yeah, um, yeah, I get it. It can be overwhelming to a point where you're frustrated. I think it was there's a uh, Mario and Luigi game, like one of the RPG games that did this. Mm -hmm. I forget which one, but there was one specific one that I tried because I love. Uh, Paper Mario, but I I never yeah. really got too much into the the Mario and Luigi, mostly because I'm just spiteful and and very salty about the fact that they kind of killed the series. Um, but that yeah, being yeah. said, I went to went to play one and it did that exact thing where every five seconds they wanted to explain something, and I'm like, I'll get it, like I'll pick it up. I get that you're trying to to you know cater to a younger audience who might need that, but like there's got to be a way to skip through this. Oh, bare minimum, say like, hey, I'm the tutorial person. Um, you can always come back here if you have questions, which you might. <laughs> and right. if you don't, that's cool too. Yeah. So I get it. I love it. Um, I think it also adds to the value of just if people don't see a certain thing, if they're in the Discord, if they're on forums, if they're on Reddit, they can talk about it. They can see an image. They can be like, whoa, I never saw that and go back to it, right? It, it adds that get someone back into the game fla uh, flavor to it. Um, mm. But I, I want to talk uh, quickly before we wrap this up a little bit about the last thing, which is obviously you're a wizard, right? So you got to have spells. Um, <laughs> and at, at this point, you from playing the demo, right? And you even mentioned it earlier, there's only a, a, a very select few. You have basically your your scrying ability, you have your dash, and you have the, the basic pew-pew attack. Um, 
you've mentioned some of the spells in your Kickstarter page, um, and you also mentioned that there would be possibly more depending on how development goes. I don't want to push you to say things that haven't been done yet just because I know how you are <laughs> and how you want to keep things you know, uh, in a certain way. But that being said, I do want to ask, what's your favorite spell? Uh, what's my favorite spell? Um, like, is this like in the game, or is this like a what Harry Potter? Host? Oh man, I'd love to hear. Those? I'd love to hear both if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't. I, I guess I really like the scry. Out of my my three existing options, um, mm. I, I think it's neat to study something. I'm I'm pleased with how it's implemented. The uh, the book system where you can flip through and read entries is. Uh, about equal in complexity to most of the rest of the game. Um, <laughs> very, very proud. I pulled that one off after like a straight month of work. Very good. Um, could I touch on something you didn't ask about? Of course. If yeah. That's kind of adjacent. Uh, I did catch your uh, "God Bless the Crowd" segment on Scrabdackle, um, and one of the things that came up that I was like, "Oh, this is a great thing to talk about," is how like you don't really get a sense of the combat system, like either yeah. on the Kickstarter page or very much of it in the demo. You get more, but, um, you know, I would love for there to be so many more spells. It's absolutely really valid feedback. And one of the things I was really nervous about, um, but it's like this matter of like, when do you cut the demo and say, this is going to be how much I can do. Right. Um, cause I could sit down, I could build out another region. I could build out another boss. Um, or a, like a mini storyline or more abilities, mm -hmm. but I don't know when is enough. And at some point you just kind of have to say it is. Yeah. 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 But I had this section that was all about the combat of the game and kind of how it worked and the design behind it and <laughs> problems with Kickstarter word count. And I've joked the, <laughs> the scroll bar in the Kickstarter is the final boss of the game. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so much I would love to share that I'm very excited about, but it's all, um, you know, in development, I'm posting GIFs, I'm doing stuff like that, uh, yeah. as I'm, as I'm currently working on it right now, but I'm fleshing out, um, you know, 12 to 15 abilities. And I love the one where you can, uh, <laughs> not intentional. Um, but I was playing around with, um, kind of this wind based spell and I realized it could pull everything in the game, which includes garbage, it includes the rocks that you save with. Uh, <laughs> it's a little broken. Um, I will have to put in some heavy restrictions, but I was having a lot of fun with, uh, you know, pulling characters out of their houses and into the water just because the the physics system just allows for it. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, you know what? If I can give you one piece of advice, I would say keep that for a god mode secret like code. Because I'm sure people would love to do that. Be like, if you enable this, you will break the game. <laughs> Be warned. Yeah. God rest your save file. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Go save and then play with this ability. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, though. Um, I have one last thing to ask, um, and that is basically a question I ask of every person that comes on here. And it's just a little bit of advice for those who might be in the indie space, especially from, from your sake, because I think you have an interesting story going into this. Um, but for those listening who might be interested in starting their own project or just getting into the game space, you know, what tips or, or advice would you give them kind of what has helped you along your path? Um, I think the, biggest thing I've really um, applied to the way I approach game development um, 
comes from uh, Dungeons and Dragons and DMing for that. Hmm, um, I don't think when you're small, I don't think you need to plan everything out before you get started. Uh, I don't think you need to write the whole story before you start, you know, approaching it, implementing it, letting people engage with it, react to it, kind of let it live a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think planning is great. And until it's in the game, it remains a plan. And <laughs> uh, if and when you decide you need to change, like don't don't lock yourself in. Um, I've I think the path to making this game has been so much more realistic because of that. And it's also gone in a really interesting direction because I have let it grow and change as I've worked on it. Um, you know, accounting for scope and things like that. Don't, don't go crazy. You don't need to make <laughs> breath of the wild your first time around. Right. But uh, let it breathe. Yeah. I like it. For those listening, Scrabdackle is currently in development, but a demo is available. So if any of this sounded interesting, go check it out. I highly recommend it. It's on their itch.io page. Once again, Jake, thank you so much for joining. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.